the Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! What is up? We have the full crew back here in the Salisbury Studios, fueled by Monster Energy. It's glad to have the foursome back. Smitty didn't uh, make the trip last week. He had a little eye issue. We think it's pink eye. He says it's not. <laughs> We're call, calling him Bob Costas all week. Uh, but, hey, listen, Bob suited up for the Olympics. Smitty couldn't get here for the weeknight show. That's a problem. But, listen, we, we had him hit the trainers. Uh, real hard, nice rehab. We're getting him back. We're just in time for March Madness because we're getting hot. We're making a deep run with this tournament. What's up, Smitty? What's going on, guys? Yeah, not, listen, I'm prettier than Bob Costas, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, and are. I know I can make I pick winners more than Bob Costas. Now, a little eye issue last week took the week off, but I'm doing great. I'm. This is the best time of year. This is like Christmas, everybody. And we're picking winners. We're really hot right now. So let's just keep going here. How are you guys doing up there in Pittsburgh, Mr. Matty? What's going on? Oh, man, I'm kind of already dragging ass, so they say, when it comes to work. And I'm starting to get into Vegas mode and get ready for this first weekend of March Madness. I'm ready. Let's uh, let's have a good night tonight. we got a great guest. So we can break down some college hoops for sure. Yeah, I just coached the sixth grade recreation game of my life on Monday. <laughs> to, to pull out a magnificent victory, hit a buzzer beater to send it to OT and then won an OT. I, I will never be a better coach than that, so I'm just going to leave it right there and get back to gambling. Do you do you draw on the whiteboard or do you use your hand like you're playing backyard Absolutely. hoops? You love it when you go to the whiteboard. I like, love I, it. I got a bunch of base, basketball nerds on my team, so we go to the whiteboard, man. It's everything, and then we, we awesome. drill them on the inbounds plays by making them go to the whiteboard. It's yeah, no, I got like I said, I got basketball nerds. They love all the plays. They love all the defenses. It's great. We'll have to send your resume to Syracuse. They're looking for a new coach. We'll get him up there. Kaminsky would be the next Bayheim. We run a three-two, but I can still work with the zone. I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, he'll keep that zone in place. There I like in Syracuse. it. I like that might it. Be good. All right, let's uh, let's get right into this. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, especially with the March Madness tournament. We're you know now it's kind of cram mode. You got to get all the information in before the tournament. Right now we're in conference tournaments, and we have one of the best guests that we can bring on at this time. It's gotten real close with Smitty. Smitty's active on Twitter. Uh, met Will Hill. We've had him on a couple times. He's a great guy. He's not the Will Hill on uh, Vison or on Twitter. He's a Visa contributor, and then he's the Golden Boys Network. What's going on, Will? How are you, boys? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Like you said, this is uh, this is the best time of the year. You could have a, a debate whether it's this week or March Madness itself, the uh, the NCAA tournament. To me, this is this might be even better just because there's so many games, especially this Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday. It calms down a little bit Saturday than you. You know, Sunday it's a lighter day with the selection, but man, there's just so many games from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. It's it's really hard to watch them all these next few days, but makes for some uh, some good opportunity advantages. It's the best. Absolutely, my wife. She's she was like, "Am I going to see you this month?" I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, you're going to be in front of the TV." I said, "Well, at least you know where I'm at. You can't say I'm lost." So, all right, why don't we get right into this? Will let's talk about uh, first. Let's talk about that quick competition you're in. Uh, Killed it. I believe you went 5-0 and this week or last this weekend. That was awesome. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about that, and then uh, that'll get us started in the college basketball talk. Yeah, it's uh, sponsored by the Circa. It's uh, it's 10 of us, some decent hosts, some other people. Matt Humans organized it. You pick five games a week, uh, sort of like the Circa football contest for anyone who's familiar with that. And it started, let's say, mid-January and goes until we're off this week, and then we pick 10 games next week. So I think we Ooh. picked... 35 games. We're off this week, and we pick five games Thursday, five games Friday. Right now, I am 23, 11, and one uh, with a two-game lead, and I think the tiebreakers best bets, and I'm like six and one, I think something like that, and best bets. So I'm in good shape here with the tiebreaker. So basically, two and a half game lead with ten to play. But uh, look, I just you know one bad week and or one bad slate, and uh, you know that lead can dissipate. So I just got I got to run the ball, get out of here with a win. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Smitty. Why don't you start off with the questions? Yeah, uh, you know. I love the smaller conferences. 
I, you know, this is just something since being a little kid, you watch the smaller conferences. I really enjoy these. Now, some of these teams are getting in right now. Will with the teams that have got in locked a spot in, who's a team that you're really maybe eyeing up for that maybe upset in the, in the first round? Boy, there's so many, you know, that, so, so a smaller conference, I could pick Charleston. I feel like Charleston's not. Oh, I would be fine. Yeah, much. absolutely. That's, Charleston's really good. I mean, I know it's hard to judge them based on their schedule. I mean, they were lucky to get away with a win uh, against Wilmington last night. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so I don't know when people will listen, but it would have been interesting. If I, I don't trust the committee to have put them in with an at-large, but now that they're in, I think they are dangerous. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who's more off the radar because they'll be probably on that, I'm guessing, 10-11 line, maybe even 12. It would be unfair to uh, you know, to put them in a play-in scenario. That wouldn't be right, I don't think, but trying to think of another team i would say iona is one two out of the metro atlantic uh assuming they win it you know they got upset in the conference tournament last year and you know Ryder beat them then Ryder lost to st peter's and we know what happened from there st peter's goes on to to make the elite eight i think patino's got a really good team uh they played really well this last month or so it'll be interesting to see if he can if, if iona can keep him at iona uh, or if he has his eye on st john's or georgetown or some of these other jobs that open up but I do think Iona is a team, you know, they, they press, they're athletic. Patino's a good coach, especially in the tournament. I do think Patino uh, in that conference, I think he could get, look, if the, if the draw breaks right, wouldn't be shocked if he wins a game or gets to the Sweet 16. So I think Iona's got a really good team too. So one team I want to jump before I let the boys take over here. Uh, I really like that Missouri Valley. I was I really liked Bradley, but man, Drake just put a performance on uh, Sunday with that team. If you really dive into that Drake team, a very I think it's like the fifth oldest team in basketball. I mean, their guards, two of their guards are 25 years old. There's a 23-year-old, I think maybe – uh, 24-year-old on that team, too. They shoot the free throw well. They shoot the three-pointer well. The the coach's son is really good. What's your overall opinion on Drake? Yeah, it seems like Missouri Valley is always a team that provides a, an upset or two, so I wouldn't be shocked if they beat a couple teams. And you mentioned the age. It's funny with the uh, the COVID year and some of these new transfer rules. You're seeing some of these kids that were like 23, 24 years old. The kid for Detroit that almost broke the scoring record was, I think he's 24 years old. So, yeah, it's definitely different, but I uh, wouldn't be shocked. I could, you know, you know what? You could say this about so many teams. You wouldn't be shocked if they are out in the first round. You wouldn't be shocked if they're in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Uh, there's just so much parity here that Drake is one of these teams that could certainly, you know, win a few games and get on a run here. Yeah, so I'll make the smooth transition here to the oldest team in Division One, the Penn State at Lions. I'm part of the death cult. Will they actually make the tournament, or am I going to be crying on Sunday night? Man, that was a big win against Maryland. Uh, they don't feel like a tournament team. You know them better than I do. To me, they don't feel like a tournament team. But I would think I would say the bubble is so weak that this year they'll probably get in. It'll depend what they do in the Big Ten tournament. My guess is they get in. It doesn't feel like I know Pickett's a hell of a player, and they've had some nice wins. They had a stretch a couple weeks ago, and that Rutgers loss was awful. I think it was two Sundays wow. ago. Yeah. They've had some stretches where they just bombed threes. They, you know, they hit 10, 11, 12 threes in some of these games. So, you know, they're like a lot of these teams where they can get hot. I don't love that team, but look, Pickett's a, a tremendous player. They, they, you know, they're hot and cold with the three ball. If they get a day where they, they shoot the three ball well, they can certainly advance. I do think they'll get in. I don't know that they would get in on a normal year, but, you know, you look around the bubble, the bubble is just weak. I mean, the fact that North Carolina is still in the conversation, North Carolina stinks, and they're still, you know, if they make it uh, to the ACC semifinal final, they'll probably get in. Uh, although I don't, you know, think they should, they'll probably get the benefit of the doubt. So I do think Penn State's probably on the right side of the bubble right now. Yeah, I'm fully prepared to be that team that they show on the broadcast that doesn't get in, like where the screen goes dark and they're all kind of looking around <laughs> wondering what happened. That's that's kind of more traditional with Penn State basketball history. Matty, do you have something? Yeah, well, well, I'm going to go a little bit of a bigger picture. Um, we all love to do the brackets, and we all love the bet. So is this the year? Now, it's been a few years since the uh, big upset of UVA. Is this the year a 15 or a 16 could pull off another one? Or are the ones just probably too good this year? But are the twos strong enough to where they're going to get pushed? Boy, so what are we thinking the twos are going to be? UCLA, who just took a big time injury, uh, lost yeah. Jalen Clark. I think Purdue okay, could be a, a two. Uh, Purdue's probably going to jump up to the one, depending on yeah. how they do. Well, uh, if they take an early exit, morning. I could see him dropping down. Yeah. Um, let me let me pull up who who the projected twos are right now. Uh, so we have UCLA Marquette, which 
They could be beat. They could yep. absolutely be beat. Texas, and uh, they now have Gonzaga on the two line. I don't yeah, like Texas at the well. two. What was that? I don't like Texas at the two. I think they're a very no. up-and-down team. They're either on or off. Yeah, and it's so hard because some of these teams are just so good at home. They're so bad on the road, but you know what? You don't play home games and you don't play road games in the tournament. So right. it's like, what's the truth? The truth is obviously somewhere in between. I wouldn't be shocked if a two is on the ropes. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to wait and see who the 15s are before I know if I'm picking one or not. But look, this is year where I wouldn't be I'll shocked you, by anything. Yeah, I'll tell you what. They have yeah. a, scary, a really scary 15 projection right now, and that's yeah. Vermont, who's oh, really, Vermont really can good. Beat Vermont can beat just about yeah. anybody. And they really have good. them paired up against Marquette. Boy, oh, boy. Absolutely. You talk about a bracket buster. That that could be it. Yep, absolutely. Vermont's really good. Yeah. One of the small teams I, uh, I was interested in was Colgate. Obviously, the Patriot wasn't that great this year. Um, now, you have a little bit of good defense there with American and Navy, but Colgate has shown in past that they've made decent tournament games. Uh, I believe they uh, inked out a cover, what, a year or two ago against Wisconsin? I believe it was last year. That was last year they covered, yep. Uh, what do you think, depending on the draw, obviously, uh, plays a lot into that, but do you think this year's team could kind of make that uh, the next step from going to a cover to maybe an upset this year? Or uh, what, what's your thoughts on Colgate? Colgate's really good now. Uh, boy, these games all blend together. Have they played their title game yet or no? Tonight. Right yeah, now. they're playing right now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. And what's the score on that one? They are up 17. Yeah, they're up comfortably. At oh, okay. the half. Yeah, yeah. so they're going to be in. Look, I mean, they're going to be a, a popular pick. You know, it used to be, I mean, you guys are old enough. You guys are in my age bracket <laughs> or older where you remember when these mid-majors, these lower tier teams, you get a big number with them and they cover, they do well. The cat's kind of out of the bag. You're going to think, all right, Colgate's a sexy pick. Is what, a 13 or 14 seed? You're going to look at the spread, and it's going to be like four, three and a half. And man, <laughs> that's cutting it close. But look, Colgate's really good. They don't defend well, but they are good on offense. They're experienced. They're well coached. Wouldn't be shocked if Colgate won a game. Absolutely not. So, Will, I want to ask, uh, the Zags really put on a show last night against St. Mary's. And to me, it looked like a very tired St. Mary's team. BYU got down in that game and really – Full court pressed them really hard the night before, and it just seemed like they were gassed to me. Now, Gonzaga is. Can playing. I can I jump in really quickly? Yeah, go can ahead. I just jump in really quickly. I had a four hundred to one parlay uh, that was on a boost. Every leg hit except St. Mary's. So if we can talk about any game besides St. Mary's, oh. Gonzaga, <laughs> I would appreciate. It. I'll oh, you guys okay, can I just go? I'll take. Okay, I'm going to take the Zags <laughs> into the tournament. Then, okay, we're going to quit talking about that game then. I had someone write me last night and said, what's your thought on them? I might put a ticket on them to win the national championship. And I said, well, in my opinion, they're playing well, but it's not, I don't think it's one of their best teams that they've had over the years. Is that a good, is that a team that you think could make a run here? And with that person, should they put a little money, a little maybe pizza money on or a little money at all on them to win the national championship? What number are they? Because, look, I mean, I'm going to give the same answer for a lot of these teams. It's so wide open. I can't rule Gonzaga out. Gonzaga's got a lot of firepower. It's Like you said, it's not their best team. Uh, they, they certainly hit a lull, you know, mid-beginning of the season. Uh, but that's still a team. Look, if they're in the Final Four, I wouldn't be shocked. They're really good. Few noses way around a big game. Uh, so, look, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm curious what the number is. And, again, sometimes you're better off just taking these teams' money line rollover and, and you know, keep going. Uh, but, look, if Gonzaga – now, it'd be, feel like a stretch to see that – to you know, actually see them cutting down the nets. But look, if you're in the final four and you got, my guess is what are they, twenty five to one, thirty to one, something like that. I think it was twenty to one. Twenty to yeah. one, yeah. I think it was twenty to yeah, one. I, that's not terrible. I'd want a little more. What do you guys think? I'd probably want a little more on that. I, I would. I'd actually want to see the path as well too before I took a twenty yeah. to one. Yeah. If they get put in the uh, the uh, region of death, then I, I don't see them coming out because the defense is still a little wonky against great teams, but. Twenty to one, is still good value. Where are we? Ha- where do we think they're going to land? Where do we think? There were two. There are two. Yeah, there two today. Wow. So you could tell the committee. I mean, they're really showing them respect because last week we're talking about them being a five. You know, and then they get hot. So right. That number. I mean, I guess if you're going to make that bet, put it in tonight before it goes from a twenty to one to about a twelve to one, and then you you know you shorten yourself if you're going to make that. And that's just my advice. I think, yeah, I, come, yeah, I think come finished, though, I think they'll probably end up on a three line. You have to think that some of these three, four projections right now, one or two of them may win their conference 20 and then bump them up to probably the two line. I think them and Marquette right now have to be the weakest twos out there. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Marquette could absolutely be beat. I mean, that's a good offense, but uh, Shaka Smart's had his fair share of early exits. I mean, we all remember VCU making a run, but he had plenty of early exits with Texas. They don't defend that well. They're another one of these teams. They're good, but they could certainly lose to just about anybody. What's your thoughts on um, on a team that kind of had high expectations? Uh, they started, I believe, number eight overall in the preseason. Then they had a lull where they had their uh, their star center was out, and then uh, they started making a run. Probably last month is really when they turned on, and we're talking about Creighton. Give me what's your thoughts on them winning the the Big East uh, with teams like Villanova getting hot. Obviously, Justin Moore came back. Uh, UConn's always tough, and then furthermore into the uh, into the tournament, where where do you think they kind of sit and things like that? I was able to get them like seventy five to one when they were oh, slumping. Wow. I think that's the better way to do it. Is just pick these teams off when they're slumping. It's not who yeah. you bet; it's sort of when you bet them. Uh, I don't have their what's their number for the Big East tournament. My guess it's short. I want to say it was like four to one. Yeah, they don't give you great value for these teams at the top of these conference tournaments. They just don't. That being said, when we're talking about the Big East, and that was a wild game. I don't know if you guys saw DePaul, Seton Hall. I don't think I've ever seen a game end that way on a goaltend, no no goaltend review, which was just insane. Uh. Um, UConn 2-1 to to me, I think, to win that tournament is interesting. I think they'll be into it. I think Hurley uh, hasn't had a lot of success in terms of the tournaments at UConn, whether it's the Big East, whether it's the NCAA. So I think it'll mean something to them. They get a home crowd at MSG where the, the tournament's played. So I think I like UConn in that tournament. But yeah, I think Creighton uh, is a talented team. Uh, you know, I'd have to see their price, what it is right now to win it all. But look, that's a team that they have elite eight Final Four talent. That's for sure. Sure. Well, real quick, Creighton uh, at forty to one. Forty to one. Wow, that's still decent odds. Well, it's, when you look these teams in, like I kind of look at these teams, I, I go nuts with these teams missing free throws. Like I really oh. start eyeing up stuff like these teams that can actually shoot free throws. And I, I get it. it's a pressure situation and as you keep going, so everybody can miss, but I really look for teams that can shoot. What do you look for for to like to do a bracket or to take a team that may be going really far? What's your overall do you look at teams that do that, shoot the three well? Like we talked already, like yep. an older team. I really like teams that have true point guards. Like UCLA, I really like Campbell, the point guard. Now the loss today, I think, to that guy getting injured, that's going to maybe affect my how far I take UCLA. But what's your overall? What do you look for? You're checking all the boxes. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength. Three throw shooting, three point shooting. And I like teams, if, I'm, you know, if, it, if, if it's just to pull an upset, win a game or two, it's different. But if I want a team that's actually going to win it all, we're talking about these outright tournament winners, I want a team that can play different ways that's balanced because if you're a good three-point shooting team but you can't score any other way, chances are you, you know, you're going to have to win six games. You're going to have an off-night shooting. you got to be able to score you know, in the paint and just be a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. So if we're talking about a team that's actually going to win it all, I want a team that, that can shoot the three but is not relying on the three and that I mean, obviously has as few weaknesses as possible. But, uh, yeah, when, you know, especially a tournament, yeah, you look for a team that can slow the pace, uh, good point guard play, good free throw play, good three point shooting, which uh, look makes this tournament so much fun that you know we can have so many of these upsets. Well, my last question. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, with the fun part. So when you look at the the uh, Cinderellas and the sleepers and the the high seeds here, what did you look for in those kind of teams to kind of shock the world? Because obviously it's hard to match up with strength of schedule because they play in these leagues where most of the teams aren't that good. Is there, is there something like I like to look for a guy who has a star? and usually either good on one side of the ball, either offense or defense, because you're not going to get both at that level. Like, what other criteria do you look at when you're trying to pick those games? Defense, you know, slow the tempo. If you get into a track meet, uh, for years, remember Iona, before they had Patino, they had Tim Kloos, they had some great mid-major teams, but they were they ran, they were a track meet. So you get against North Carolina, and you're trying to play a full-court game. It doesn't like, you're, you're just, you're playing them at a game that they're better than. So it's about a team that can, uh, you know, slow the pace and, you know, he's not going to play in a full court. So tempo is huge. Defense is huge. And uh, obviously the three ball. Well, what, when you're going through these tournaments um, and, and maybe it's dependent round around as we kind of dwindle down, what is your maybe kind of go-to bet? Is there like, are you kind of like a, maybe a first half guy or like a lot, like, uh, like Pam Maldonado is a huge um, live bet person. She likes to see the kind of the flow of the game for the first five to seven minutes where do you kind of angle uh your betting in terms of the tournament uh would you say or what style i, like I should half, say yeah i like first half unders uh that goes for these conference title games too i think it's sort of like you know how the super bowl is usually low scoring early you get yeah. max intensity on defense 
you get, uh, you know, it's more of a half court game. You don't get all these ticky tack calls usually. And I like first half unders for that reason. Sometimes there's an adjustment to the venue that affects scoring. I try to stay away from the full game unders because all the fouling at the end, oh, yeah. the, uh, the possibility of overtime kills your under most of the time. So I, I like unders, but I like to stick to the first half and just avoid the full game. I like that. All right, Will, I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on the spot. We don't know the bracket. We don't know the seating. But in pen, not pencil, name yeah. one team you're putting into the final four. Let's see, let's go to the final four. And I would have said UCLA like a week ago, but that injury scares me off. Me I would have said TCU, but all this stuff with Lampkin is really crazy and concerning. If you saw that, TCU is really good, but boy, that's uh, that's troubling. One team that's going to be in the Final Four. I'll go Kansas. I'll just go. I, I don't feel great about it, but I'll say they're just so good on offense. Trust self to make the adjustments. Although he's had plenty of early exits himself, you know whether it's Bucknell or some of these other teams getting knocked off. He, he's had a bunch of them through the years, which all these coaches and all these teams do. If you're here enough, you're going to get upset. But I'll uh, I'll say Kansas, but I don't feel great about it. It's scary that you actually said UCLA, who I originally had in there. Now the injury scares me off. Yeah, TCU. You just summed up. We talked about that on our text stream today. And then Kansas is my third pick to go in. I think Houston's probably going to be the gimme yeah. for everybody. But Can, I, I'm a, I'm a Kansas guy, and I, they're probably going to jump to the top of my board now. Kansas is my one, Here's, but can I throw uh, the, the the second word to Kansas and put state? Because I think they, <laughs> they've hit a lot of boxes. They play tight defense, in my opinion. They have um, your stretch three, four, five in terms of Keontae Johnson, one of the best players in the country, and then you have true point guard play who can score as well as, as not only pass. Um, obviously, they're a little unseasoned in terms of like a good deep tournament experience, but anything can happen, and I feel like good defense, good shooting, and a good guard like we all talk about could get you deep into that run, depending on how you seed out. I mean, Kansas my one, but I think Kansas, too, at Kansas State has a real shot to make it in this uh coin flip tournament as as i would say it right and uh look i mean there's uh there's a reality here where kansas these teams these blue bloods usually get a favorable path they usually get a, a you know a, a cushy path we've seen that plenty of times it was last year they got a really easy uh path to the final four so a team like kansas they're going to get preferential treatment that's sure. just the way it is i mean yeah it's uh, it's not fair but it's we, we've seen it for years with the tournament well my last question is are you you own a Northern Arizona t-shirt and you're going to put it on a night and try to root for them to get in the tournament <laughs> team that came in with nine wins. Now they're, I think up awesome. to 12 playing Montana awesome. state. What do you think of that? Can they hang it's tonight? So I think it's, I think it's, I think that's seven and a half. What do you think in that game? Absolutely. They can hang. I mean, Montana state played out what a double overtime, just a rock fight last night. And that was going to be the last game of that 400 to one parlay, which I had on the money line and I could have edged in middle. So, as you can tell, like it's, it's a very bitter. <laughs> hey, we're not talking about that team anymore, Will. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so frustrating. Um, they can hang. They can hang. Montana State's good, but that was a rock fight last night. Northern Arizona's athletic. Uh, they they got guys that can score. They can shoot it. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's a close game with five minutes to go. Absolutely not. Is there any that you're eyeing up for our audience tonight? Uh, what do we got left tonight? I got LaSalle right now. That was good for a moment. And then I looked and they're down by eight. I know Ohio State just hung on I'm trying to think. How about Minnesota plus five and a half or so against Nebraska? It's an ugly one, but that's a lot of points for Nebraska. I w- I'll take Minnesota plus the five and a half. And I, you like that Nebraska team. I do like that Nebraska team. I have them in a teaser tonight. Real quick, this one I was eyeing up. Oklahoma I like Nebraska too. I just like them as a dog. I don't like them laying points. Yeah, that's a fair point. How about Oklahoma State minus one and a half? What do you, against Oklahoma? Quick thoughts. They have scarred me. I've had so many times this past month where it's like, all right, this is the night they'll bounce back. Whether it's against Baylor, I like them at home against Kansas. They just played so badly uh, for a while that I kind of don't trust them. And I'll say this, Oklahoma has to be the best last place team in the history of college <laughs> basketball. That's a really solid team. I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma beats them. I would actually lean towards uh lean towards the Sooners there. Agreed. Stay away from the stay away from the pokes, man. Absolutely. Matt or Jason, you guys have anything? Kind of finish up? Um, I do. I was just gonna say, Will, before you roll out of here, make sure you give yourself a little plug, but are you going anywhere for the first weekend? So I'll be home. I'll be okay. home uh, just sweating these games. 
I'll be sweating these games really from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed these next few days. So you get a little break Sunday with a lighter slate, Monday. The NIT usually starts, what, Tuesday? Sometimes those earlier tournaments start Monday, Tuesday. I even you know bet those. There's some great opportunities. NIT, I think, is an underrated betting vehicle because you, know, you get some great underdogs versus these favorite teams that have no motivation and just don't show up. So I'm betting the NIT. I'm betting these conference tournaments. And, uh, boy, it's hard to believe this, conf- this NCAA tournament is a week and a day away. I mean, it just came so quickly, I think, because football going later – it just makes it seem like the time the Super Bowl ends for the NCAA tournament, it just comes so quickly. It's crazy. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. That's why we have him on here. Up. You got to love a guy that goes, man, I'm going to bet the He's NIT. Pumped. I'm betting that other one. I don't need to know the CBI <laughs> or whatever. I don't care what it is, man. That's why we like Will, and that's why he's on the show. All right, well, two, two things. Give yourself a nice plug, and then uh, send us off with your bold prediction for the March Madness tournament. Old prediction. All right, it's a plug. I'm on VSIN three or four times a week, so check that out. And then uh, Gold Boys Discord, twitch.tv slash Gold Boys Network. We have shows uh, throughout the week. A bold prediction from the tournament. Boy. Uh, all right, I, I own it at the Sweet 16. That's about as bold as that's That's the only one I can I like really it, though. Of. If I can think of anything else, I'll let it know. I, I like it. I think 16. that's realistic. That's a good one. All right. All right, I own it to the Sweet 16. We're gonna right. we're gonna hold them to the fire on that one. <laughs> I haven't checked the score. Watch them be eliminated. Well, uh, they're, they're up. Know. They're up they're about 60 right now, they're so they're right. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we always love having you on. We'll get you back on. Uh, we'll talk a little more college basketball, and uh, until next time, we'll, we'll we'll be on Twitter with you. Not the Will Hill. Hit him up. Follow him. Like and subscribe his stuff. The Golden Boy Network. Get yourself involved with that. So. All right, well, appreciate you coming on. All right, guys, thanks for having me. Good luck with all your plays. I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon. You guys do a great job, so uh, it was fun coming on. Appreciate thanks, you. Will. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Love having him on. He is hyped, man. I tell you, he made like I, I've I've been excited. I've been a little tired. I'm trying to work trades and things like that, so I can have many of the tournament days off. But he just kind of gave me new energy. I'm shocked. I love it. <laughs> I'm telling you, like I just felt like this like monster energy. I just got the Will Hill. Energy. It was incredible. Talk to Will for like five (laughs) minutes and you're ready to go. The energy level's good. Let's go. We're ready for those. I'm ready to I'm ready to get man, Northern Arizona. Yeah. Well, can I bring up a point to that though? So a nine win team, because you brought that up. So literally before we get on the show, we're talking like, hey, you know, Charleston, obviously they won their their conference last night to CAA, but had they not won that game. There's not a, a guarantee that they were making an at-large. Then you could have a Northern Arizona nine-win team win tonight. Like, had that played out, that would have been the most egregious act had Charleston not gotten in. I think I think they really have to kind of, even though that didn't happen, it, it was a realistic scenario, and I think they got to take that back to the table and say, hey, is this something that we actually even want to entertain in the future? Because this shouldn't even have been a chirp that Charleston wasn't even you know, a lock at a 31 team, regardless of what they won the CAA or not. I kind of had a problem with that. Well, it's teams just getting hot at the right time. I mean, what was St. Peter's Well, it is, but year? dude, they're... I mean, they win their conference and they go and then go really far. I mean, I don't think they were... I, I don't know what their record was heading into the tournament last year, but I mean, that's the great things. I mean, it's, it's hard when you look at these teams like Charleston. Let's talk, say them. They had 30 wins and they lose and they don't get in. And you're like, wow, they have three or four losses. They should get in. But then you got a team like Northern Arizona that's just getting hot at the right time and good for those guys. And maybe they'll luck it out tonight and get a win and have a chance to to go dancing and get a big win. You know, the worst thing I want to hear really quick, Jason and Matt, about Merrimack. Now, they've been in, I think, for three or four years. What's going on with the NCA with this it's guy? It's like a four-year transition, I believe. I mean, what are they transitioning to? <laughs> they're in why are they in the conference tournament then uh, they, i'm glad they won i'm gl- really glad they won because that was their big game last night now fairly dickinson i mean that was a, i had money line parlay with i can't remember who i had them matched up with because i just i said to somebody i don't i don't know how fairly dickinson's really gonna play anybody because do you want your star player to like turn an ankle and then he's out for a while or anything like that so but just what's your overall thought maddie on um the transition period. 
Yeah, I I don't know. We'd have to dig into basically like the NCAA constitution of rules because look look at the transfer portal. You can leave a school and just go play immediately. Why can't these guys just join the NCAA, get the D1, and be eligible right away? Okay, maybe one year to see what happens and get them acclimated to all the stuff. But, yeah, that's, that's crap for Merrimack, man. But before Jason tops onto it, we have a request. I just want to jump into it. we got to give our boy Ryan Hyatt a shout-out. For his work on Veasan, uh, he's talking a little Texas Tech. Uh, everybody, check him out on uh, Twitter, Ryan Hyatt Media, and that's Hyatt like the hotel. Good guy, great follow. Loves his uh, Red Raiders down there. He did a great job on Veasan yesterday, I believe. Um, yeah, just check him out, Jason. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump over you with some uh, NCAA talk. No, we got to get Ryan going there. His Red Raiders need a little help. They're down 17 to the oh, Mountaineers. I know. That was a bad, bad play by me. Teaser them up tonight. I thought they were so going to play I, a little harder. I think this is the fourth like postseason in a row now where we've had a team in this situation. So I do think the NCAA needs to figure this out. Now, I somebody put it on Twitter. It might be actually the Will. Talks about if you go down like Hartford's doing, it makes perfect sense that you're ineligible for a couple of years while you phase out like your players that are from scholarships and things like that. But coming up doesn't make any sense. You're a complete underdog. Like if your team's that good already, what what the heck is the transition? It, it doesn't make any sense. The only thing I can think is that you have like the conference doesn't want to share all the revenue with you. But I mean, I think that can be worked out. Um, so get these teams in. You don't like these aren't traditional powers, right? This might be the only window Merrimack has where they're going to be good for three or four years, and then who knows what happens after that, right? Bellarmine last year won their conference tournament, was ineligible. They're still ineligible, and uh, I think there was another one for the Atlantic Sun that happened two years ago, and they went back to the regular season champ to get in. It's ridiculous. Like these teams are good. These schools, this is their moment to shine. This is the one time the whole country talks about these smaller institutions. Like, give them a chance to play. Everyone wants to see the Merrimack zone. They want to see what the heck's going on there. And uh, as a as a 16 season, they'd be, they'd be really feisty as a 16, at least for a half. So yeah, NCA is just kind of ignoring the situation, but they really should get on it. Well, I'd be curious to know why it's different for each league. You got a four year basketball. Um, I don't even know what you call it. I guess introductory ban from any postseason but then in college football it's only two years well to me a college football team is a lot more physical um and size dependent you know when you're going up you're recruiting obviously bigger and stronger guys on paper in basketball it's a less physical sport and i feel like it's an even playing field um if you compare the two so i think like we've all said it should be immediate if you're good enough to win, then you're good enough to win. I, I don't think you should be, you know, punished for going up to, you know, up against the big dogs and beating them. I mean, if you've got to give us a chance, if we get blown out by 50, we get blown out by 50. And that's to me, that's the measuring stick, right? Hey, we got smoked by UNC by 50. Okay. Well then the next year, you know, maybe we come back and we'll lose by 30. We're making progress, but we don't get to see that progress when you're confined to the Patriot or the CAA, and you don't get to play these big dogs unless you're scheduling them, you know, in November or December. So I think we're on agreement on that. But I think, well, I think Jason made a great point there saying it's hard to win. It's very hard, especially in those lower conferences. And like Jason said, it was their time to shine. And, you know, just like look at a team like Kennesaw State a couple years ago. I think they had three wins. Now they're, they won their tournament and they're in. Okay, they could, and you know, the pro, you look now and say, okay, the program's heading in the right direction. Absolutely. But could some guys transfer? I mean, everyone transfers now to try yeah. to keep these guys That's there for free agency. years and everything like that. It's hard on that. So I think it's like you guys said, I mean, to come up and to play the level where they're at and they're winning – and let them win. Yeah, uh, I don't think we could say it any better. I mean, obviously, we know the NCAA is pretty corrupt. They do whatever they want, in my opinion, and it's probably not going to change. I'm sure there's some financial cost to that is the reason that, you know, it's not happened, like Jason alluded to, the uh, the profit sharing through the conferences, but I'm sure it, it goes beyond that point. So it's just something we're going to have to deal with. It's unfortunate. It's just playing, you know, to me, unfairly, but it's their rules, and it's – how do we have to go play? So um, let's let's do a little transition. Let's stay in college. Let's uh, we got a couple more topics. Want to just dabble on some college baseball? Smitty's been extremely hot. You know, I joked that uh, this is kind of the my territory, but Smitty's jumped on. Jason's jumping on. Matt's jumping on with some good stuff, and uh, we'll go a little college baseball and then uh, XFL and golf. Smitty, yeah, why don't you start? What are you? Matt, 
I'll give our guy Matt Grissom a quick shout out from last yeah, week. Yeah, great. Had him on. He he brought up uh, Wake Forest. Wake yeah. Forest is one of the four last undefeated teams in college baseball. No, I think so they lost. Last no, they night. lost last night. Lost uh, last Coastal. Night. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Now okay. Coastal did everything they, were, they can they to blow undefeated. it, though. They they tried yeah. to blow it. So they have, uh, Wake Forest has a league leader home runs. Uh, they also have Rhett Louder, probably top five pick, and then they also have uh, Nick Kurtz, incredible player. So they they've got a good good team up there um, in North or down there in North Carolina. Good conference ACC. Obviously, we'll see w- kind of what they're made of. Uh, they can hit the ball. Um, every team's going to lose. I mean, Coastal. It's you know it's a chippy team. You're playing down there in Myrtle Beach, so it's tough. But yeah, he was all over them. So. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. You know, I'm dabbling a little bit here. I'm doing okay. I lost today. I gave out a money line parlay, Duke and Miami, and I know Duke lost. Miami, Miami lost as well oh, to Miami. Jacksonville. Okay, well, it wouldn't matter. I'll tell you the. I think you guys asked Matt this last week. The midweek games are crazy. They are. I mean, there's some high scoring games. Man. There are. Well, the the problem, and and I can say this speaking to the state of Florida, like those midweek games against your state of Florida, like when Florida plays Miami, it's a big series. But when Miami plays Jacksonville and Florida plays Florida Atlantic, those teams are good. Those those teams play ball all year round, and they can beat a lot of teams around the country because it's warm weather. They're playing 365. Gulf Coast is a really good program. Florida Gulf Coast just took two or three from Florida State, who you know we're seeing Link Jarrett kind of building that program in his first year. So when you're looking at these areas, these warm weather mid-major teams, like don't sleep on them. We talked about that yesterday, especially the ones in the state of Florida because they are good. Yeah, you get a lot, you know, over-unders. I, I haven't really played a lot of over-unders in college so far. I've been trying to do just money line or money line parlays in there. But the midweeks, I mean, that's 14, 15. And bullpens, bullpens really. Dallas Baptist last night, I had them in a um, – I needed them to hit a big uh, parlay last night. And bullpen just could not hold the lead like multiple times in that. So bullpen's an issue right now too. But the weekend series are fantastic. Jason or Matt, are there um... – are there any teams that you guys are kind of following as you're getting into the sport? Besides Penn State, I'm, I'm still I'm still behind <laughs> on my college baseball. I'm, I'm tied up with hockey. Fair uh, enough. So uh, I have not transitioned yet. I will do my homework probably this weekend. Sometime. Jason was watching little, that play by play of that Penn State <laughs> Holy Cross game that I sent you guys the other day. <laughs> I'm dude, I'm keeping an eye on NC. I'm waiting for my Penn State plays in the middle. We talked about that. I got I got Pitt the radar. I got West Virginia the radar. North Carolina the radar. Holy Cross, you know yeah. that doesn't help us. I'll tell you real quick. So our buddy Garvey that came on the show and just told the greatest story. One of our first shows, he played at Pitt with really good baseball player at Pitt. And I wrote him, they were playing like the Snowbird Classic at the beginning of the year against Maine. And I wrote him, I said, dude, they're losing by like ten runs. I said, can you still hit the ball? Maybe they should bring you back. Snowbird Classic against Maine. But, yeah, there's some uh, – and that's the thing. And you said it last night, I think, when we were talking. Anybody can beat anybody. They yeah. really can in college. And that's why college baseball is so exciting. Well, Matt, Matt – Matt, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I said NC State is a team that I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, they're, they're – like you said, though, Q, they're in the ACC with a ton of powerhouses. So yeah. it's going to be a grind. But I really like the makeup of the squad. The problem with NC State, in my mind, is it's a good program. Like they make a, I don't want to say Cinderella run because they are a competent team in the ACC. Like they're never bottom barrel, but they can't keep anybody. Like they have, like, like Tommy White, right? He was a great player for him last year, breakout player. He transfers to LSU. They've got this stud freshman this year, and forgive me for not knowing his name. He's got like nine home runs on a year. He went like six for six uh, the other night with like two home runs, three doubles, and a single. He's not going to be there next year. He's going to Tennessee. He's going to LSU. He's going to transfer to Florida where he feels he can win a national title, you know, within his his college time. Um, Because in college baseball, you can get drafted out of high school, but then you have to wait till you're a junior uh, to be drafted again. So these kids want to actually win a title. It's not like a one and done thing. And, And that's what kills NC State. And that's and I think that's going to hurt them this year, not only on the mound but I think offensively outside of him as a breakout player, like they're going to have to play very good sound defense and they're going to have to score um, in these three game series and just hit timely hits, great defense, and hopefully the you know you have a strong bullpen. Now the one team I will say and I'll give a little shout out is is UVA. My father in law is a big UVA fan. They're kind of a team. Uh, I mean I have some interest or the the. 
a local team per se an hour and a half away from us. Their pitching scares me. Outside of Jacob Berry, um, they don't really have anybody. Jack O'Connor's okay. Great time watching Geloff play. Uh, him and Kyle Teal are, are a huge dynamic duo. But out of the ACC, I mean, they're they're right now they're undefeated. They're one of like the top uh, ten team, last ten teams undefeated. But they scare me because they just don't have the pitching. So I think the ACC might be a little down this year uh, because I think that's a trend outside of Wake Forest. Uh, UNC's yeah, they got a good number one Friday, but outside of that, they don't really have anybody. It seems like your your teams like Stanford and your Southeast Conferences are the ones who have your dominant pitching, and I think the ACC is going to struggle with that, Matt. Good. That was great. That was nice. I got on a little rant there. Smitty, what's the team you're looking at? Anybody that wins me money. <laughs> How's that? Fair enough. Anybody that I look at, Fair and I like the money line, and I look at some stuff, and it – and it, my uh, notebook kind of lights up and I go for it. That's no, you know, I, talking with you with Florida, I mean, really good pitchers. Uh, you know, the one guy that pitches and hits really good talent. Um, what's that guy's name? Who? The guy for Florida. That oh, uh, hitter. they call him Jack Tony, Jack Caglion. Yeah, really yeah. good player. I mean, like you said, I mean, you were talking that series up. I mean, they can throw a lot of guys at you. That well, they're just, top three. Sprout Friday, Hurston Waldrop, two all, he's an All American Saturday, and then Cags. Yeah, really on Sunday. good team. So, yeah, bullpen's I mean, an issue, though. Yeah, bull, bullpen. bullpen is, is well, issue. we just you know I said that a little bit ago. Yeah. Bullpen is an issue, but you know these teams are going to work that out as this. Oh yeah. Goes. So, you know, I mine up a couple, but like I said, anybody that can win me money, I love it. Did you now at, before we switch to another sport? We asked this uh, Matt Grissom last week when you weren't with us, but. Has there been a team maybe you've kind of looked at like a College World Series uh, future? Obviously, LSU is the heavy favorite. Tennessee, you know, Florida. We talked about Tennessee's um, a little up and down right now in my book. Yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost to Boston College. I mean, it just doesn't seem last night. You know, I I, I track some ECU games because uh, you know we've talked about them last year. Yeah. so I kind of track them. I have to say, you know, I like Florida a little bit with the pitching. The starting pitching, I think, is really good. Uh, one play that. Ben Upton, shout out to Ben Upton, 11.7. Uh, great podcast. I listen to it all the time. Those guys are great over there. He made a good point last night. So, And we've all done this when we're playing. You know, it's tie game, bottom of the ninth, or you're down one, um, and you can't let anything drop because there's a guy on third. So, you you know, you move your outfielders in. It's the first time that I've ever seen that play work last night. Little bloop line drive, short infield or outfield catches it, guns them out at home. It was the first time I've ever seen it. It was actually incredible to watch because, you know, we're always like, well, this isn't going to happen 15 feet off the infield. Like, they're just going to hit it over our heads. But to see it actually work was pretty cool. And then Boston College walked them off. Boston, yeah, I mean, that would have been Northern squad. Yeah. yeah. Listen, they can hit this year. They're they're one of the top home run teams in the country, surprisingly. Now, they're playing, like, south, you know, northeast central sisters of the – or whatever up there in Boston, but hey, it's a big win. I was just gonna say they're in the ACC. Yeah, but but they're not an ACC. They're not playing. They're not playing conference yet. Yeah, it's not conference yet. That's next weekend. So then then we'll we'll up the ante on that. But you better say when you say your father-in-law, your mother-in-law really likes them too. So give her a little shout. (laughs) Give her a little shout. She's giving me. She's giving me the. uh, My phone's going off. She's wondering why we don't get a shout out. So there you go. She there just wants go. to come on the show one time. There you go, Tammy. We'll throw Good it out, show. Tammy. Smitty, he said, come on down anytime. He'll, so you can sit next in. to him and not uh, do the show. You can take my place can, for the night. Can, we can break down <laughs> some sports there. So. All right, let's talk a little XFL. I didn't get, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch much. I did watch the, the Defenders game as I was trying to watch a lot of college baseball. I know Smitty says Houston's number one, but... Damn, I'll tell you, that D.C. team, not only from the crowd standpoint, so they get the snake back, the place is rocking. It's true fandom. It's not like you go to FedEx Field and you hear a lot of t- you know shouting on the TV and then you look at it and it's a lot of like dark green jerseys or blue you know Cowboy fans and, and things like that. It's true D.C. Defender fans, and they are rowdy. Uh, they're prideful, and I think it translates to the team. You could see them getting fired up you know, with that large crowd, especially in the end zone areas. Um and they, they kind of rally behind that. And and obviously these guys, like they're not the greatest athletes. That's why they're not in the NFL. But they're still elite athletes compared to people like us. And they have a good quarterback system with Jordan Te'amu, De'Eric King. And then obviously I think 
the best coach in the league by far right now is Greg Williams. Not only for his interview presence, I think he's crushing it for as many times as they get to him, but his adjustment and his ability to make those guys play hard and and put them in the right position. I think they lead the league in takeaways, and I like that he even corrected. It's not a turnover; it's a takeaway in the uh, in the interview. <laughs> the guy, I mean, DC is a team right now that's really scary, and and I actually would almost put them above Houston in in my opinion because I think defense wins championships, and I think DC's got the best one in the league by a considerable amount. I don't know. I like that Houston defense. So that's a really good front. I, I do like Greg Williams' good coverage, and obviously Reggie Barlow that is the head coach there. He doesn't like his. Is airtime, he? Because so, <laughs> we don't know. We right. never see him. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see him. But uh, no, they've done a really good job on the offensive side of the ball to like make use of their assets. Like yeah. you know, the wide receivers I think are still hurt there, yep. but they've done a really good job using both quarterbacks and using their running ability to kind of create offense. And like you said, the defense has played really, really well. But I, you watch Houston San Antonio. I thought that was a really good game. Uh, San Antonio was clearly a little a bit of an underdog, but they played pretty scrappy. I think Heinz Ward's actually one of the better coaches in that league too, because I don't think that's the best roster out there. But they play pretty much every. They give themselves a chance every single week. I'll give them that. And uh, they got to fix that Vegas field. That is brutal oh, that, to watch on TV. That, that, that's brutal. To watch. I've seen better high school. Like go play at Bishop Gorman. <laughs> that, like that, that's that a better bad. situation. That's bad. I was trying to explain that to my neighbor, old man in the garage, and he's like. What are you talking about? There's only like bleachers on. I said, you got to see it on television. It is just, that is, that's horrible. Can, so can you I imagine think, what those locker rooms look like? Oh. <laughs> well, it was a triple A minor league baseball stadium until three years ago because and it, the, um, the triple the A team moved out to Summerlin, which is a nicer suburb of Vegas. And this was kind of out there. I think they thought they were going to be able to use UNLV's old field, but that got condemned. I think the, the city wants to claim it to develop it. And then whatever with the Legion Stadium fell through right away. And like you, like you said, though, Bishop Gorman Stadium has to be pretty nice. I don't know. They put up a road game. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Sure it's pretty decent. Yeah. And that would be a much better setting. They probably don't want to play the high school field. But I guarantee the camera angles and the coaching angles and all that stuff would be far better. At that oh, field. yeah, absolutely. I'll go real quick. because I, 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 Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say my only XFL point. Q, I'm with you. I, I have D.C. over Houston. But then for a betting angle, here's something to look at. Someone on Decent broke it down. When Vegas is at home, uh, their overs are projected to hit at about 68%, only when they're at home. Um, and their remaining schedule, I guess, who they have coming up. So look at Vegas overs when Vegas is the home team. is a, is a sharp angle play, people all have said. I didn't watch a lot. I did watch the Seattle game. I'm kind of still really high on that Seattle team. If they just don't, it just seems like sometimes they just do really dumb things and they like fumble the ball, but then they can look like a million dollars. They're playing uh, San Antonio. Seattle's laying four and a half Saturday. So let's let's run through because I don't. I want to hear this lines. I know we got to go quick here. So we got. Um, I'll give them to you right now. Just, okay, go ahead. All right, so you we'll start there. Seattle minus four and a half, uh, hosting San Antonio. All right, I like Seattle on that. Okay, Houston is at Orlando laying nine. I like under. I like the under. Yeah, the over-under for Houston is 37.5. For the Seattle under. game, it's 40.5. So, Matt, do you like the under in that? Orlando? I do, too. I don't. I mean, Houston could hang 28, but I don't know if Orlando can score. Yeah. Yeah. It's a one-sided yeah. thing. Orlando scored nine last week against yeah. Arlington. That was a 10-9 I was just game. I going to say. Okay, so that one. That's not what they're averaging. St. Louis is hosting Arlington. St. Louis laying four over unders 36 and a half. I like St. Louis in that. St. Louis can yeah, score. Louis. Yeah, I mean, they can move the ball. McCarron, he's, you know, he's, he's moving that offense. Uh, now, they're a passing offense. They, to me, they don't really run the ball that well, but they do pass mm-hmm. well. Now, Q, this is going to be the challenge to your D.C. home field because St. Louis is going to bring the people this week. So this oh, is yeah. Really interesting. Well, they don't have this the beer snake, be so they lose. Because it's a bigger venue, but it's true. We'll how uh, crazy they are. That's true, but they don't have a beer snake. That's the topper right there. They had two snakes going this week. If you didn't see that, what's what's the DC? I saw they almost merged. It was a great, it was a big moment. It yeah, it was great. What's the DC line? So DC is hosting Vegas, laying six over under forty one and a half. Now I think the forty one and a half is inflated because of what we saw last week, thirty four twenty eight. I actually am inclined to maybe lay the under, uh, but I, I actually would lay the minus six with DC, and I feel very confident in that. I, I think they're a team that's starting to get some gel, like we said. 
the offense is moving. You got a two quarterback system. They run probably the best out of any team in this league, in my opinion. And then I, Lucky Jackson's kind of, even though he wasn't a one or a two receiver, he's kind of star studding it right now for for being the number one guy while the others are out. So look for him to continue uh, to, to have a really good game. And then obviously DC, I think, is going to shut down Vegas. So I think my best bet would be the defenders minus six at home. I mean, that place is going to be rocking for a 4 0 start. Yeah, Vegas quarterback's a little iffy, too. Huntley gives them some. Yeah, with his feet, but he, the, through the air, they're not good. I think Williams can adjust for that. Also, I love the the DC crowd gets points for dressing as lemons and bringing lemons to the game, which yeah. we talked about on the show <laughs> last week. They have embraced the lemon. I love it. I love it. It's great. Listen, life brings you lemons. You just turn them into DC Defenders fans. <laughs> <laughs> turn them into beer snakes. Beer snakes and lemons. That's all we need in life. Matt, yep. you gotta yeah, you gotta like line your pick, your lean in before we switch to golf. Do I got a what? Do you have one of those lines you're leaning before we switch to golf? Uh, the under in that. Uh, Orlando. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Orlando. the 37 and a half. All right, cool. Yeah. We'll have some plays out. I know I will. I'm 4-1, and one, best handicapper on the East Coast yeah, right now. XFL, baby. I know the sport. I'm a degenerate, just like those guys. Um, let's go to golf. Why don't you guys take it away? I actually am in a golf pool for the first time this year. There you so, go. A little Way golf clap for me. Group uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have done it, though. I you know, had some advice from you guys, um, so that was cool. And uh, I'll read my card out once you guys kind of fill in. Well, yeah. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Maddie and this Maddie can go. Maddie's yeah, Matt's probably, all over. I'm golf. gonna say Maddie's you know the guy with the most info on the team. Yeah. I mean, I dabble here and there, but Maddie's usually the go-to guy. So Maddie, take well, over. I, I thought I had another winner last week in Scheffler, and then he goes out and lays a dud his final round. So, but big props to Kurt Kitty on the first first win ever, and man, he he took a hard route to get there, but good for him. So this week is the players uh, down in Jacksonville. TPC Sawgrass, famous island hole. But we were talking off air and prior to the show. This is a this is a target golf course. I mean, this is for guys who can pull out that three wood, sting it to two ninety, hit a spot, have one eighty into a par four, and then drive home a I don't know even know what these guys had a seven iron from there or whatever. But anyway, so two of the main stats to look at if you're gonna handicap this strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. And my DFS lineup for this, and I use this stat a lot for both these. I have Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, Victor Hovland, Brian Harmon, Corey Connors, Jonathan Vegas, and Lucas Herbert. And strokes gained off tee, actually every one of those guys that I just rattled off was in the top 41, which is really, really impressive. Now, the only one who struggled for strokes gained approach was Lucas Herbert. But I played him more so because he had a good here, good run here last year. So I think he should be able to back it up. And he actually has played pretty well. He's made a bunch of cuts in a row. Just nothing exclusive getting in the top 10, top 20. But uh, that's my guys for this. I haven't made any bets yet, but I'm going to do a top 20, top 30, top 10 kind of bet. And then some winners. And after that, I'll turn it over to Smitty. Hit me up. Yeah, I hit Victor Hovland uh, top 10 last week. Man, he messed up on that last one. Yeah. Um, miss just some of his putting was crazy. Fitzpatrick, I know Matt was on him. Uh, I had him to win it, was doing well, and then just kind of fell apart. So, where am I going to go this week? You know, this was hard. I was saying to the guys, you look at like past uh results here, and some of the big guys have not played great here over the last like two years. So, this was hard. I thought this was really diving into some stats here. So what did I do this week? I'm going to go Jason Day to win the tournament, and I'm going to go Jason Day top five. I'm going to go Keegan Bradley. I think he shot well here last year, pretty well overall. So I'm going to go Keegan Bradley top 10. And then uh, I think it's Brian Harmon. You said you're playing Harmon too, Matt, in your lineup? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I like some of the stats uh, with Harmon here this week. So I did a, my best bet of the week is Harmon top 20. Jason, you got anything? Actually, you know, Q, just read your plays because I think we're pretty much aligned this week uh, on yeah. all of these. I think we, we have the same five, or at least the five of the six. That sheet you sent me, um, as I'm trying to get a little more into it, like that's incredible, the strokes gained. I am playing. Why don't you talk a little about that, and I'll pull my plays up, kind of what that sheet is. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, uh, it was Ron Kloss is uh, the Twitter handle. I got to find it. PGA Splits, I think, 101. It is a fantastic site. I think he works for another podcast. But 
really great job of breaking down shots gained for each of the different phases. And, uh, like, you see the whole field and how they've done the last, like, five or six times they've played it, of course. It, I've used it the last couple of weeks for golf gambling. I think it's a great resource. Yeah, I mean, it literally, even after, so I'm not huge into golf, as these guys know. I'm still learning. I mean, I watch it, I play it, and stuff like that, but I'm in this golf pool for the first time this week, um, and so I asked these guys, like, for some advice, because they obviously watch every tournament more intently because they're gambling on it, um, and so Jason sends me that link, and then he sends me his names, so I look at the link as well, and uh, we align pretty well, so I've, I've, I had to pick six golfers. It was in, like, a tiers uh, situation, so... I picked JT, Keegan Bradley, Tommy Fleetwood, Corey Connors, Jason Day, and Adam Hadwin. I really like Jason Day. So the way this works is it's you you pick four of your best golfers to score, and then after the four rounds, you know the best the lowest score wins. Um, I think Jason Day, like we talked about last week, he's getting healthy and he's starting to make an emergent on the course. Um, so I really liked him, like as a tier five kind of steal your guy, but. Justin Thomas typically plays the Florida courses pretty well. Obviously, he lives in the state of Florida, so he plays them a lot. Uh, but I also think he plays really good golf uh, Saturday and Sunday on these competitive uh, tournaments like the Players and the Open and things like that. I mean, he never gives up, and I think that is something that's going to help me this week. Even though he's a Tier 1 guy um, and he's essentially playing to win, That sometimes you see like John Rahm or these guys have a rough... Uh, time barely made the cut and they just kind of go through the motions like justin thomas especially after he won was it the pga championship last year he came back and beat um mito Pereira. the and after when he choked it like that guy never gave up and he was what six strokes down heading in you know to the to the first tee so i like that a lot but i used your sheet the gains uh the strokes gained and and it was pretty in-depth i mean i highly encourage jason to to tout that out this year and, and use it i mean if it Wins me this pool, I'm I'm all in. The Smith man, we've been yeah, battling. I think we my, talk to the guy till we get him. My yeah. dad, my dad, keep throwing those plays out. We're going head to head each week. <laughs> Do you have his plays? Yeah, he went um, Xander Shoffley to win. Scheffler top five. Morikawa top ten. Patrick Cantley top 20 now we I did mean, he doesn't look at any of the like the like, sure lines yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. my dad doesn't do any of that he yeah. just gives me games like um guys and where they're going here so we've been doing that and i will say i can't lay a lot of people i know a lot of people on vison like they like him i think pam modernado also liked yeah. him so they said he was really popping and i did say off air to the guys what i heard on i think vison you know, it's Florida. It's supposed to be nice, but wind can pick up. Rain can come in at any time. I know they said tomorrow morning early. It's supposed to be just perfect. Wind does pick up. Not Nothing crazy, but they said they were really eyeing up the guys that tee off really, really early in the morning. You know, maybe even do one of those first round leader kind of, you know, bets or anything like that. So keep an eye on that. All right, do you guys have anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, bad news, Duquesne's getting rolled. <laughs> yeah, they that's bad news. That game. What's that? <laughs> they were up eight. It like, happens. They were in control, and they, the foul was coming out of nowhere. It just crushed them. Welcome to my world with George Washington. Well, <laughs> uh, We're not going to talk about the team. It's I, cost me a lot of money. I, I know year. Will will be happy because I think he said he had LaSalle there. So yeah, he did for he him. Did. Yep. All right, boys, we've got an action-packed next few weeks. You have to stay on our Twitter because the way the tournament rolls, you know, you got your Thursday, Friday, round one, Saturday, Sunday, round two. Um, I just want to say something here. You got to stay on our Twitters because it's so hard to get a show out. You know, we're a weekly show to just bang out these these weekend shows like it's tough. So all of our players are going to be on there. I don't know. We might even dabble in a little Twitter space. Maybe I'll get that going, uh, give something a little live for the fans, follow us out. But, uh Follow our XFL plays. I'm hot. Smitty's done pretty well on it. Follow the golf plays. These guys are, you know, they're on their game. Uh, they know what they're talking about. College basketball, Smitty's best bets. Hammer those. He's like 15 and three uh, in his last 18. I mean, that's that's top tier, uh, best in the country worthy. And then, you know, our baseball, even though I'm, I'm sitting at nine and nine right now, it's still positive money, you know, plant parlays. Smitty's 13 and nine. So we're giving you guys winners and they're free. Just follow us. Uh, like us, subscribe to our YouTube, our Twitters, our Facebooks, everything like that. So I just want to, if you want to get my best bet, our good buddies over at Sharp Angle Syndicate, they do a great job with some bets, really good, not expensive plays. Check them out. 
my best bet is on there every day. Like you said, I'm 15 and three in my last 18. So if you want to do that, but check those guys out, Sharp Angle Syndicate. Those guys are top notch. All right. Like we always say, bang your bookies and we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.